Rock Church, you guys doing good? Yeah. Woo! Some of you guys ready for church. I like that. I also want to take a second and welcome those joining us on Facebook. Uh, you're part of our church family. We're glad that you guys are here too. Uh, so, like Pastor Kirk said, we are in week two of a series called Book of Prayers. And the reason we're really studying the topic of prayer right now as a church is because, as you heard in the announcements, Pastor Kirk uh, mentioned it, uh, we are in the middle of 21 days of prayer. So I'm actually going to go on and throw this slide up. Uh, twice a year, our church says, hey, let's uh, press the pause button and let's recenter, let's refocus, and let's come back to Jesus. And so one of them is right before we go back into the school year, like right before we hit our fall season. So we're right in the middle of it. You might not have known that. Last week was the first week. We still have two more weeks. So I would love it. Even if you can't, this is open to all of you guys. So this is my Southern. You ready? If y'all can come out, you just come on. We'll have bagels for you. Okay. But we would love it if you guys would come out and pray with us. But even if, I know some of your work schedules don't allow for that. So even if you can't make it here, to pray with us. Let's be praying together uh, for, the, for the rest of this 21 days and really just uh, seeking the face of God and recentering our lives. And last week, to start off the series on uh, prayer, we, we talked about what is the heart of prayer. And we said, hey, the heart of prayer, like there's a lot of reasons that we could give you to pray, but when it comes down to it, the heart of prayer is to know God. Like I pray because I want to know God. I want to know him better today than I did yesterday. I'm not going to rely on what he showed me last week. I want him to show me something fresh this week. I want to know God. And so last week, we gave you guys uh, some homework. I don't know if you remember it or not, but we had three things that we said, hey, this is some good stuff to work into your life. We said, why don't you go and make a date with God? Like pick a time, find a place, that place that you love to go to, go there and spend it with God, right? And then go there with a plan like that thing that's on your heart that you just want to bring it to your Savior. And so maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, I, 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 that was exciting. I, I wanted to jump in and do that, but uh, I, I only got in two days last week. Well, I just want to encourage you, like, don't stop. Like, God loved those two days, I can promise you. And so it's, it's not like you're going to go back to God and he's like, and where were you, you know? No, he's like, he's like come on back. In fact, in James chapter 4, he says, hey, if you get close to me, like if you, if you try, I will be close to you. Like it's a mutual effort here. He's going to come and get close with you guys. So maybe you only did two days last week. I just want to encourage you and say, don't stop. Go for three this week, right? Like intentionally, let's take these 21 days and just recenter. Maybe you're here. Maybe you missed last week. And, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I didn't even know it was 21 days of prayer. Then let's just get started. We got 14 days left, baby. You jump in the water. It's still warm, okay? Like, let's, actually, the water is really cold right now in Maine. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. Like, like let's, let's do this. We got two weeks, and let's get close to God. 
Amen? Does that sound like a good idea? Okay, so last week our, our goal was to spark some desire in you. You know, they say that any, anything in life that you want growth in, like anything that you want to get better in, you have to go through three stages. The first stage is you have to go through what they call the desire stage. Like, I have to want to get healthy, right, for me to, in order to change some habits here. So our goal last week was to say, hey, let's, as a church, let's create a desire to get close to God. That verse, that James, draw close to God and he'll draw. So we wanted to create the desire, but how many of y'all know desire alone ain't enough, right? Like, I can want to bench press 400 pounds, but how many of y'all know if it stops there, it ain't going to happen, right? Everybody agree? Does anybody think I can? If you do, I would love to hang out with you. It would boost my ego, right? But desire alone is not enough. At some point, they say you have to move from the desire stage into what they call the discipline stage, where I start to work this desire into my life. Like I say no to that, so I can say yes to this. I'm going to say, so if it's prayer, I say no to ESPN for a little bit. Not, not completely, praise Jesus, right? <laughs> but I'm going to say no right now so that I can get closer to Jesus, right? I'm going to say no to that and work this discipline of prayer into my life. And this is where I feel like we are. It's kind of this crossroads. Like, I want that. I don't know, Craig Groeschel is a pastor I love to listen to. He's a a great pastor. Uh, He says, discipline is the bridge between who you are and who you want to be. So here's the goal today. I want to give you some tips. I'm going to give you a pattern, a tool to help you cross the bridge, okay? Like give you a tool that's going to help you work the discipline of prayer into your life. Because here's what I can promise you. If you'll push through the desire and you'll push through the discipline, At the end of this 21 days, you will find the final stage in your prayer life. They call it the delight stage. It's where you get to this point that not only am I actually doing it now, like I'm enjoying it. Let me ask you a question. What would it be like if your prayer time was the last thing you took off your list and not the first, right? What would it be like if your quiet time with God wasn't as quiet as it's been for some of y'all, you know. (laughs) What if it's like this, this thriving relationship with your creator? You actually delight in your prayer time. And so what I want to do is I want to help us cross the discipline bridge so that we can get to this in our prayer time. So let's answer this question. How do I pray? Like Jay, that sounds awesome. I want to do it, but how do I pray without running out of things to say in 30 seconds, right? (laughs) Or like, how do I pray without letting my mind wander to like the bills that I'm paying this week or, or the checkbook or like, how do I pray without thinking about how the Red Sox seem bound determined to not make it to the postseason, right? (laughs) Like, we should be praying about that anyways, right? But like, how, how do I pray? And so today, I'm going to teach you something. This is going to be a little more, if you know me, I lean towards the preacher side, like I can get pretty excited about Jesus, right? Today is going to be a little more teachery. It's going to be a different message than I've ever brought to you guys. 
but I'm really excited about it because I'm going to teach you something that I learned growing up in Louisiana. Uh, if you don't know me, I grew up in Baton Rouge, and I went to a church. It was called Bethany World Prayer Center. It was in Baker, Louisiana, just outside of Baton Rouge. And the pastor was Larry Stockstill, who I still follow to this day. Um, and he, he taught this message that I'm about to bring to you guys. And there are, there's not many messages that I remember from my time in Louisiana, like maybe two or three. This is one of them. And I'm really excited to bring it to you. It's, it's really personal to me. Uh, in your notes, there are verses marked all through your notes. Guys, those are notes that I have made over the past 20 years of rehashing and relearning this, this content. And I, what I want to teach you guys on is the tabernacle prayer. I want to talk to you about the tabernacle prayer. <laughs> I'm excited about it. A little history lesson. Um, you might not know this, but so, so God, if, if you never saw The Prince of Egypt growing up, which was an awesome movie, put DreamWorks on the map, but God calls Moses to come to Egypt and to save the nation of Israel out of slavery and to lead them out of the nation of Egypt. You guys with me? Okay. They didn't have Uber back then, right? They were walking. And so they're walking from Egypt to what they called the promised land, which is, I don't know if you knew this, when you read the promised land in scripture, it's actually referring to modern day Israel, geographically, okay? So they're leading them from Egypt up to, it's kind of almost a, like, a, like a J shape, up to the promised land, which is, is Israel, okay? Now, it took them longer than it should have, even just walking it. Could you imagine, like, like five, five o'clock traffic in Portland is bad, but could you imagine an entire nation on the move, right? It'd be like, we're going to be here a while. But it took, them, it took them longer than it should have. That's a whole other message. What I want to talk to you guys about, though, is on the way there, God had them build a, a tent so that they could meet with him. In fact, I want to show you a picture of it. This is, it, and it was called the tabernacle, okay? So think of like if you've been around Rock Church for a while, our Orono campus that set up and tore down in the Orono Theater for four years, that's what they had going on right here, okay? Like they would pack their church up, they'd carry it with them, and then they'd set up camp, and you can see the entire nation of Israel would camp all around it, and they would set up, and one of the first things that they would set up when they would stop the camp is they would set up their portable church, which was called the tabernacle. It's basically a tent inside a tent, okay? And inside this tent, which was a, this was a covered tent, there is broken up into two rooms, and in the back room was called the Holy of Holies, which is where, like, the spirit, the glory of God resided. And in that back room is where the Ark of the Covenant was that we all know that Harrison Ford found in the 80s, right? <laughs> that was a all right, anyways, um, so, so th and, and this right here, these right here were like, they called it a gate, but it was basically a, a curtain gate, and they would lift it up, and they could enter in, and you see there's like things here, and they go all the way, and eventually get into the presence of God, and only one person could do it. Anybody know a little history? It was the high priest of the nation of Israel. He was the only person that could go into the presence of a perfect and holy God, the high priest. Okay, I'm going to set the scene here. You ready? This is before Jesus, okay? So before Jesus, God resided in a building, 
and he wrote his word on tablets and scrolls. Post-Jesus, God resides in us. I can show it to you in Scripture. The Spirit of God resides in us, which means we are the temple of God, which means, oh, come on, I'm about to preach. That means you don't have to go to church to have a holy moment with God. Check this out. We have a high priest that allows us to get into the life-changing, like peace-bringing presence of God. It's in Hebrews chapter 4. We have a high priest. Who is it? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. So hold tightly to what you believe. Hey, I can go before God even though I am not perfect because my high priest brings the presence of God to me. I am the temple of God. And so I can run boldly into the presence of God. Like, you can, you can have a holy moment on a Friday night because you just got off the phone and you need some time with Jesus. You can have that, amen? Come on, somebody, right? Yeah. Because of Jesus Christ. So here's what I want to point out. This, this, and this is a misunderstanding that I feel like some Christians have. The, the way that we worship is different. We don't need the tabernacle anymore. Like, this building is not the temple of God. You are the temple of God, which makes you think a little bit more about what you're going to do on a Friday night, right? That's another sermon. Anyways, but the way that we worship is different because of Jesus Christ. But the truth, like our practice is different than we did in the Old Testament, but the truths of the Old Testament are still true. You understand what I'm saying? So you're gonna, you can read through the Old Testament, which is just the part of the Bible that's before Jesus, and the practice might be different, but the truths are the same. You guys understand what I'm saying? So now let's go back to the Old Testament and look at the tabernacle. And I want to propose, in fact, let me show you this verse. Exodus 25, verse 8, says, this is God talking to Moses to the, through Moses to the nation. He says, have the people of Israel... Build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. The truth is always the same, guys. Like, what was his goal then? To be with us. Like, in the midst of, yes, all of it. Right? So I can live among them. Now listen to this. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings according to the pattern. So here's what I would propose. The, the tabernacle, while the method we worship God and the method that we get into the presence of God is different, the pattern and the truth that we see in the tabernacle is still the truth. It's still the same. And it sets up a pattern to allow us to have a holy moment and come before God. And I'm, listen, I learned this. Students, I don't remember how old I, I want to say 16, but don't like quote me on that. I was in high school. I know that. And I would tell you that I learned, I heard this message, and I heard Pastor Larry, and he was, how many of y'all glad to have Pastor Kirk back home? Anybody? I love it. Oh, my goodness. I, uh, every time he leaves and comes back, it's like, Dad is home. It's like, whew. It's like, we didn't burn the house down while you were gone. Amen, right? Anyways, but I, I, remember, I remember Pastor Larry preaching this message about, hey, guys, I follow this pattern to go before God. And I remember sitting there thinking, I'm going to try that, and I'm going to see if it's just my parents' thing or if it's my thing, right? And I would tell you that the man you see before you is the result of trying to connect with God 20-plus years ago. 
And I'm going to teach you the pattern that I learned 20 years ago. And nine times out of 10, when I try to have a moment with God, I default to this pattern. It's almost second nature to me. And it just helps keep me focused. It helps get me into that holy moment with God. So I'm going to show you guys a picture. This is a bird's eye view. This is a bird's eye view of the tabernacle. Okay? So this is that, that tent that goes around. This is the covered tent. And then these is, this is the gate in, the, in front of it. Okay? So if you've got your notes, let's write this down. I've told you guys this a couple, many times, that those notes are the size of a Bible for a reason. Just stick them in your Bible. And I would challenge you, let's work on the discipline stage this week. Like, let's just pull this out of our Bible as we're trying to have that quiet time with God, and let's just go through this pattern. So what's the first thing they would do? Well, they had to go through the gate, right? And as they're going through the gate, the priest goes through the gate, and they end up in the outer courtyard. Well, what does that show you? Psalms 100 verse 4 makes it pretty clear. I will go through his gates with thanksgiving. Do you guys see, the, see that this is like directly correlating? Right? I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will go into his courts with praise. So what does the outer court tell me? The outer court tells me I should start this whole thing with gratitude. Like, I'm coming to you, God. I've got my list of things. Like, some of it's for me, some of it's personal, some of it's health, some of it's for my friends or my family. I've got this list that I, is, is pressing on my mind, but I'm going to set that to the side for just a minute. I'm just going to say thank you. Because, my gosh, I don't deserve anything that you have done in my life. Like, there's no way I could have earned, earned this. Not, not even a little bit of it. So I'm just going to pause and I'm going to say thank you. You know, there's a, there's a song by Cody Carnes. I love it. And there's a line in this song that says, Jesus, you don't owe me anything. Like, all I want is you. Right? God, if, even if nothing on this list gets checked off, you have done more than enough. And I just want to stop and say thank you. Sometimes I'll put on a praise song. I'll put on that Cody Carnes song and just, just go to town, right? Sometimes I'll grab my guitar and I'll, I'll play, right? I'm going to model this a little bit for you so that you guys can see what I'm talking about. What does it look like to start with gratitude? My go-to is that I'll grab the Bible, and again, this is 20 years worth of, I've made notes, and I'm like, oh, that just reminds me to be thankful. And you can see a bunch of these, there's going to be more in your notes than is on here, okay? I've just given you guys a bunch of uh, verses from scripture, from my journal over the past 20 years of getting to know God. And But one of my favorite things to do is I'll grab a Bible, and I'll open it up to some of these verses. Sometimes the Bible will fall open to that verse because it's been my go-to for so long. And I'll just read this verse and just say, God, this is you to me. Like, I just thank you so much. One of my favorites is Psalms 106. I'm going to share this with you. Psalms 106. It says, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for he is faithful. I'll stop there. Like, God, you are so faithful. Like, I, I have my ups and downs from day to day, but you, like, I know I can always come back to you. And I just want to say thank you for that. Right? His faithful love, oh my gosh, I will never understand how much you love me. Thank you so much. Like, who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord? And so you know what I'll do? I'll try. I'll just start listing them. God, you did this. I didn't deserve that. I didn't earn it. Thank you so much. You did this. I didn't deserve that. I didn't earn it. And I just start listing them. Sometimes I'll grab my journal, and I'll just start writing them down. You know, just free writing, things I'm thankful for. And just say, God, 
This is from you. And I just want to stop for a minute and say thank you. Now, here's what's cool. This, this whole prayer model can take as long as you have to spend with God. Like, it could take an hour. Some of y'all are like, oh, Lord. <laughs> right? Guys, this morning I woke up late, and I went before God, and I didn't have my notes with me. I just wanted to get before God, and it took me about five to ten minutes because I woke up late. But I'm like, I want to come to you first, Lord. I want to start this day with you. Like, it can take as long as you have. Sometimes it can just be stopping and saying, God, I just want to say thanks. Like, thanks. Thank you for saving me. That's, that's more than enough, right? Thank you for being my Savior. And then anytime that you, you start to come with an attitude of gratefulness, like, you'll find that some of the things on your list, you're, like, going to erase them anyways, you know? There's a pastor, his name's Chris Hodges. He says, gratitude, go to, yeah, gratitude turns what you have into enough. Like, God, I'm just going to take that one off the list because you know what? I am content. I'm content. And you know what? If you do bless me with that, I'm just going to say thank you for it and say it's yours anyways, you know? Like, come to him with gratitude. I could stay there a while, but we got to move on. The next one. So go to that picture again. So they come through here. They come in with thanksgiving. God, thank you so much. And then they come to this first, this first thing. It's called the, the um, brazen altar. And it was literally like a barbecue pit, like burning coals that had horns on each corner. And that was, that was where they would sacrifice. And it had blood all around it. And it's, it's not a coincidence that it's right at the front door because it is a reminder. Hey, guys, a price has to be paid for sin. Like, for the wrongs that I have done alone, a price has to be paid for that. For me to come to a perfect God with all of this, something has to be paid for with all of this. And so this is what they would do. That was the first thing they would do. They would pay the price for their sins, their regrets, their past. They would pay the price for that. What is our sacrifice? Jesus. Jesus. Romans 5, if, if you don't have a life verse, grab this one. When I was utterly helpless, like I didn't even know I needed help. I didn't know I was, I didn't know I was a slave to sin. Christ came and paid my debt. He was my sacrifice. And so you know what the brazen altar tells me? You know what that, that tells me? This, this sacrifice and what, what most would look at and be like, that's disgusting. You know what it tells me? It tells me I need to remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I need to, listen, listen to me. Let us never get so far in our relationship with God that we don't think we need a savior. Like, I will never get to a place in my relationship with God where I am holy enough and I am good enough that I can come before him. I don't care how long I've been following him. I need Jesus. Come on, I'm preaching good, somebody, right? Like, I need Jesus. And so every time I am coming I'm like, God, I thank you, thank you so much. And then I come to that next. And Jesus, you did what I couldn't do. <laughs> thank you so much. Like, you're my savior. When I didn't even know I needed it, you came for me. And I just want to, my God, thank you so much. And this is my favorite. This is my favorite. I usually always do this one. Uh, Psalms 103. It, there's, there's many... Um, prophecies, many things that foreshadow the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. Psalms 103 is one of my favorites. It says, let all that I am praise the Lord. I'll stop there. God, 
I don't care how my emotions feel. I'm in charge here, and I'm going to tell myself, all of me will praise you right now because of Jesus Christ. And then I say, God, I never want to forget. Let me never get to a place where I think I didn't need Jesus Christ. Go to that next slide. And listen, listen to this list. He forgives my sins. Praise God for that. But how many Christians stop at that? The cross of Christ, the sacrifice of Jesus provided more for you than I think you will ever know this side of heaven. But here's a list. Like, it's not all inclusive, but here's a list. Not only did he forgive my sins, and I'll stop there. I say, you forgave my sins? Like, I didn't earn being in a right place with God. It was given to me. Thank you, Jesus. And then you go to the next one. He heals all my diseases. And you say, Jay, what if, what if I'm still waiting on that report from the doctor? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, you know what? I'm going to make a statement of faith right here. And I'm going to say, Jesus, if you can beat death, I know you can beat this. And while I'm going to use wisdom, and I'm going to go to the doctor, if I have to go to my grave, I will go to my grave proclaiming that you defeated sin and sickness. Like, you are stronger than this. And so if one of the things on my list was this doctor's report, then I'll stop right here. And I'll give him that doctor's report. Lord, I'm waiting to see what the doctor has to say. But I thank you that there's many places in Scripture that tells me you can beat this. So I just want to stop and say, it's yours. It's yours. But you know what else I do here? I'm like, you didn't just heal my physical body. You healed my heart. Like the disease of my heart, this, this, the cancer of sin. And then you keep going. He redeems me from death. This right here, guys, this being redeemed means like you're taken back and put to your original intent. That tells me that I don't have to change careers to be redeemed from a dead-end job. It's that simple. Because of the cross of Christ, I can boldly make a difference in eternity for Jesus Christ. Because of the cross, and I would say this, listen, I would say this when I was in college, working at a security job, just pushing my way through school. I would say, you know what, God? You have redeemed me from a dead-end job. You have redeemed me for an eternal purpose. And my job isn't my purpose. Like, you give me purpose. And whether I'm at the job or I'm at home or I'm at church, I will fulfill my purpose because you have redeemed me from death. You put life in front of me. Come on, I could preach that, right? Anyways, he crowns me with love and tender mercies. Listen, when people look at me, they see the love of God. Like, it's like a crown on me. And Lord, don't let them see anything else but your mercy. The cross of Christ. He fills my life with good things. Mm. Gratitude. And this last one. Guys, as I get older, I sit on this one longer and longer. <laughs> my youth is renewed like the eagles. You know what that means? That means your purpose is in front of you and not behind you. That means he can redeem your time. He can renew your years. That means I don't care if you started following Jesus at 5 or 55. He can redeem your life and renew your time. And you, I love Pastor Kirk, says, listen, if you ain't dead, you ain't done, right? There is still life. There is still purpose in front of you. And so, God, you renew my time. And I will take today, not yesterday, I will take today, and I will offer it up to you because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Go to that picture again. So I come through and I'm like, God, I'm thankful so much. I just come before you and just want to pause and say thank you. I remember the cross, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And then you come to the laver. 
the laver, which was a bowl of water. Now you think, if they're offering sacrifices here, like, they're bloody, right? They're bloody. So they would come here and they would start to wash themselves off, wash like every part of them, just rinse them off. And this, this bowl had mirrors on the bottom so that as they're washing themselves, they see themselves. And they're reminded of their humanity. And I come to God and I see all of me. I see what y'all don't see, right? Like, and I come before God and I see, I see what's in my heart that I, I wish it wasn't there. And I come before God and the labor tells me that I need to offer all of this to him. Like, like when God moves into my house, into the house of my life, I don't put him in a room and say, hey, that's yours. I'll see you at dinner. I say, hey, this is yours. Kick open every closet. Kick open every room. There is nothing in this house that is off limits to you. And I want you to search me and find things in me that need to be removed from me. And so I come before him. I pray Psalms 139. My God, search me. Know me. Know my heart. And then I'll literally go through all of my body. I give him my mind. And in your notes, you can see verses that I pray over my mind, my eyes, my ears, my mouth. Come on, here's a good one. James chapter 1. Speak less, listen more, right? Like, I pray over my hands, the work that my hands produce, let it glorify you. Like, my entire body. Jay, why would you do that? Because Romans chapter 12, verse 1, says, take your everyday, your ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around, you're hanging out with your kids, you're talking to your wife, you're next to the co-worker, you're mowing the yard. Take your life and give it to him. So that's what I do. And you know, this is the time that as I get here, if he points out something in me that needs to change, I'm like, I'll, I'll be honest with y'all, he did it this morning. Like I woke up late, so I'm kind of flying through each of these stations, about 30 seconds to a minute on each one, just coming before him. And I paused here for just a second. And he said, hey, yesterday, and I was like, oh, you're right. I, I'm sorry, that was wrong. I was quick-tempered, that was selfish, and it was prideful, and I'm sorry. And then maybe I need to go and apologize to a couple people, right? Like, God, I'm sorry, I need you. I offer my life to you. And then we keep going, let me see the picture. So I'm gonna come in with thanksgiving. Remember the cross of Christ. Offer all of me to him. And then they would actually come inside the second tent, and there's this candle here, it's the Jewish it was the seven-pronged candle. It's called the menorah. Have you guys, you know what I'm talking about? You can picture it. Yeah. All right, and it was lit. Listen, all through Scripture, fire represents the presence, the anointing, the Spirit of God. That's what fire represents. So for me, I'm going to come here, and the candlestick tells me I need to surrender to the Spirit of God. Surrender all that I am to the Holy Spirit's work in me. You might not know this, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, what are you talking about, Jay? Okay, we are the temple of God. And I can show you in Scripture. If you want me to show you, grab me after church. The Spirit of God lives in you if you are a Christian. And so that Spirit, listen, Scripture says the Spirit guides you, comforts you, corrects you, gives you counsel. And so I say, Spirit, I would never be the father or the husband I'm supposed to be. I need your help in me. Because alone, I'm quick-tempered and I'm selfish. Like I need 
you to show me how to be a good husband. Teachers, you're getting ready to go back to school. Try this. I used to do this every morning before I taught. I would just sit there for it. That's a lie. All right, I'm sorry. Probably wasn't every morning, but I did do this a lot. I would come before God and I would say, Lord, I cannot be the teacher that these kids need me to be without your spirit. Like I am teaching them more than math and I need you to help me do it. Like yield yourself, business people, you own a business or you work in a business, spirit, my eyes don't see everything and there's some shady deals out there. Like I need you to guide me in my business dealings. Like just yield to the spirit of God inside of you. I love, I'll, I'll try to pray Galatians chapter 5, which in your notes, I gave you more than just these two verses, because it also talks about what the Spirit wants to work into your life. So you can read that. But I try to pray this. I belong to Christ Jesus. I have nailed my sinful desire to the cross, and I crucify it there. Go to that next one. I live by the Spirit of God inside of me, not by me, my abilities, or my knowledge. I live by the Spirit. I will follow the Spirit in every area of my life. Husbands, parents, grandparents, every area of my life, I will follow the Spirit. All right, let's get to the picture. So I'm going to come in with thanksgiving. Remember the cross of Christ. I'm going to offer my entire body to him. I'm going to submit and say, Spirit, you lead me through this day. It's a Monday morning. I need you, right? And then right here was a table. It's called the table of showbread. It had 12 loaves of freshly baked bread. Smelled like bagel central, people. Come on, somebody, right? How many of y'all know if we did worship like this, all of y'all would be hanging out at that table? But I'm just going to go hang out by the table of, of bread and so praise God, you know? No, I mean, it, it was the table of showbread. You know what, in Scripture, do you know what bread represents? The Word of God. The table of showbread tells me I need to build my life on God's Word. So right in the middle of my prayer time, I stop. I grab my Bible, and I read. And I, here's my advice. Get a plan. Like, don't be one of those people that grabs your Bible and you go, Lord, I'm just going to open this book, and I'm going to point, and that's what you want me to hear. And God's like, what? <laughs> no, get yourself a plan. I remember the year Isaac was born, it was 2007. I thought, I'm going to read the Bible. I want to read the whole Bible. So I bought a one-year Bible. It gives you about 15 minutes of reading a day, so if you've got that much time, it gives you a little bit of the Old Testament, a little bit of the New Testament, a Psalm and a Proverb. I've been doing it every year since 2007, except for two years. There were two years that I used a different plan. But I would say get a plan. If a whole year-long plan maybe seems intimidating, go to Bible.com. Can you show me that slide? If you go to Bible.com on your phone, at the top of the page, it says download the free app. Download the Bible app, and I don't care if you're on an iPhone or an Android. Right at the bottom of it, it'll have some tabs. The middle one says plans. Push it and find a plan. Like some of the plans are three days, but find a plan. And so stop in the middle of my prayer. If the Bible is God's word, then maybe God has something he wants to say, right? So I'm going to stop in the middle of my prayer time and I'm going to read the Bible. Go before him because Jesus says in Matthew chapter four, let me see that next slide. He says, hey, people don't live by just food. People live by what comes from God, like every word that comes from God. So I'm going to live and build my life on the Word of God. we got two more stations. Let's keep going. Let me see that picture again. All right. So I'm going to come through the gate. 
thankful, remember the cross, offer my body, surrender to the Holy Spirit, read the word, and then you come to this one. It's called the altar of incense. It literally was, it was burning coals and they would burn fragrance, burn incense. So check this out. It smelled like a mall, right? You got the food court. Come on, somebody. And then you got Bath and Body Works right here, okay? So it smelled like, like it smelled beautiful. It smelled, you know what is the fragrance to God? You know what he loves? It's your worship. That is incense to God. So after I finish reading his word, sometimes I grab my guitar and I'll just worship. Sometimes I'll put on a song and I'll just, like, do you and, do you and your Savior have a song? Like, are you at that point in your relationship with Jesus? I know me and my wife have a song. Do you and Jesus have a song? Like, that's between me and him. You wouldn't understand. That's between me and Jesus. Like, just worship. See, we praise God. We thank him for what he's done. That's that gate. We worship him because of who he is. Like, like Jesus, you don't have to do anything else. You're awesome. You are my righteousness. Like, you have made me right with God. That's who you are. Just worship. Get lost. Get lost. And then the last one. Go to that. All right, so we're gonna, I'm going to walk through it one more time. You ready? So I come to him thankful. I remember the cross of Christ. I offer all of me to him. Surrender to the Holy Spirit. Which, by the way, as I'm going through this, some of the stuff on my list, just, I just bring it up right then and there. Like, like, Spirit, I'm worried about that doctor's appointment. Well, when I'm offering my body up to him and I'm washing him, like, I'm just going to bring that to him right then. So things are just getting checked off my list, right? And then I'm going to worship him. And then I come through, and this is, that's it. This is the Ark of the Covenant. This, this is where you are. And you'll find yourself in the presence of God. I'm telling you, if you try this, there are plenty of times where I've just gotten lost in it, and then I look at my clock, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to go, <laughs> right? I'll talk to you later. And like, I don't even, I, sometimes I don't even get all the way through, because you just get lost in talking to Jesus, right? And you know what happens? The closer and closer that I get to God, the more I care about what he cares about. The closer that I get to God, the more I understand what makes him mad, what makes him happy. So as I get closer to God, the ark, here's what it tells me. The ark tells me that I need to pray for other people. Like your neighbor. Lift their needs up. I know they just lost a baby. So I just pray for them, Lord. Like just, just be their peace. If it's not me, put someone in their life that'll just show them how much you love them. Right? Your co-workers. God, that guy, holy cow, he annoys me. But he needs you. So I just lift him up to you. Right? Your boss. Our nation. Our president. Your enemies. Pray for other people. Because that's what's on the heart of God. Pray. I pray, I pray for, for Ruth and the kids. Like that's top of my list. I pray for our church. I pray for Pastor Kirk. You guys can, you guys can pack it up. But listen to me. Let me have your eyes for just a second. I pray for you. Like I pray for your homes. I pray for your marriages. I pray for your jobs or lack thereof. I come here on Tuesday mornings and I see all these, 
these, these needs. And like my heart breaks, and I pray for you guys. You want to know what I'm praying for you right now? I prayed it this morning for this church, for you. I pray that as you push in past discipline, I pray that you'll experience what Moses experienced in the tabernacle. This is Exodus 33. Moses would push in, and inside the tent, God would meet him, and he would speak to him face-to-face like they were BFFs. That is my prayer for each of you over these 21 days, that you would push in and you would meet God. Because let me tell you, that's the only thing that's going to address whatever is on your mind right now. And so I'm praying that the presence of God would be more real, more alive than you've ever experienced before. And I'd like to pray for you right now. Lord, I pray for each person. God, I have, I have, I, there's no way I could understand everything that everyone in here is going through. But you do. Lord, I pray for every, every individual in here. I pray that they, they would push into you. Lord God, and where they can't seem to break through, that you would push into them. Lord, I, I lift up their needs to you. I pray, Lord, the, the doctor's appointments, the, the, the reports, Lord, the bills. I just speak to that right now. I pray your, your provision, your healing power, but most of all, I pray your peace. That the peace that passes understanding would cover their hearts and minds. God, I pray that you meet them where they are. You know, you might be here this morning and you might think, I have never met with Jesus. Like, I've never talked to him. I've never given him my life. I've never thanked him for the cross. If you would like to do that, I would love to lead you in that prayer. But here's what I'm going to say. It has to be your prayer and not mine. So if you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you can just repeat after me, but pray it from your heart. Just say, Jesus I believe. I don't understand it all, but I believe. I just want to say thank you. You came for me when I didn't even know I needed you. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen.